Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Hello, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. We are coming to you live this evening from the WMCA studio in New York City as we continue in our study through the Book of Romans. My name is Micah, and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight, as always, if you want to be part of our conversation or... If you would like prayer, you can give us a call at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, I was out of town this week, but I heard that you guys had some rain on Friday. Micah, you bailed out on us totally. <laughs> Did you know what was going to happen? You I said, no I got to get out of here. No I had no idea either on Thursday. I had no idea. But then we had more rain than in any time of in history mm. in my area, because I live near Kennedy Airport, yeah. and they're saying that they recorded more rainfall in that 24-hour period than ever. That's crazy. And we were yeah. bailing water out of our basement. My wife and uh. I, who just had some lumbar issues, yeah. but God healed her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we were, we were like bailing the water out, wow. but we had a casualty. Yeah. My oh, water oh, heater. My water heater died. Oh, so. No. So, uh, but we were able to get a new one. So we still, I took a hot shower last night. So that was a (laughs) blast. Okay. And glad to have you back, Micah. And next time you go away, I'm going to watch the weather more carefully. (laughs) But we're glad to be here with you tonight, dear friends. And we were uh, were groaning in that storm. And tonight, our message in Romans chapter 8 is going to be about three groanings in a fallen world. Romans chapter 8 will be in verses 17 to 27 tonight. So, dear friends, join us. Give us a call at 929-333-3739 if you're groaning and had a tough time in that storm and need prayer or any kind of encouragement. We'd love to hear from you this evening. And it's wonderful, again, to have with us one of our great deacons and his dear wife to, of our church with us on the radio, Brother Raul. Thank you for being here. Wanda, God bless you. Great to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you all. Good to be here with my wife, especially. Yes, Wanda. I'm glad that you could be with us. Thank you. God bless everyone. Yeah. Praise the Lord that God has given us all strength Mm -hmm. to be in his presence, to be on the radio with you, dear friends, tonight. And we're going to get right into the passage as we talk about three groanings in a fallen world. And you're going to hear this word, how creation groans in verses 18 to 22, how believers groan in verses 23 through 25, and the Holy Spirit is groaning even within us. So there's the whole world, as it were, groans together as we experience the common calamities of this world. So let's read this passage, Micah, beginning in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans eight seventeen, and if children, then heirs, uh, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for this passage, Lord, and we just ask you to empower us and be with us tonight as we discuss it, Lord. We just pray that as we talk about your word, Lord, that it will reach to the listeners, Lord, and really bless them, God, and really enlighten them into their understanding of this passage as it enlightens us, Lord. So be with us. Give us your strength and your peace as we talk tonight, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I, I love this, how it says in verse 22, the whole creation groans. So that is the physical world as well as the unsaved and the saved. There's a groaning collectively. But then he says, even we ourselves groan, speaking of the saved of this world, in verse 23. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. So we have these three groanings in a fallen world, dear friend. And I'm glad that we can pray mm-hmm. in the midst of all this groaning. Yeah. And in the storm, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. I want to thank Chloe who made a little message for me mm. and saying she was going to pray for us in the storm. Oh, so thank you, Chloe, for your prayers and for all who did pray through this time. Well, dear friends, another key word of this section is the word wait. And this word appears in verse 19. It says, for the expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation. And it's also in verses 23, where we're waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And verse 25, we with patience wait. So three times it says we're waiting while we're groaning. And I, I, I think there's a, that old expression, I hate to wait. <laughs> and I can't wait for that. I, and so sometimes waiting is hard, mm-hmm. especially in the midst of groaning. Mm-hmm. But I thought as we just get this program going tonight um, that we could just talk about the, those moments in our life we were so excited for. And maybe we were a little bit groaning about it, but we just wanted something to happen. Maybe we wanted that job to start, or maybe we're going off to college and starting a new a new time off in college or something, but we, we just couldn't wait. And you had that feeling, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. So, Micah, <laughs> do you have a time like that in your life? 
Well, I'm an enthusiastic person, so the idea of saying, I can't wait, yeah, I kind of say that all the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about different times, and especially around this time of year, I say, I can't wait, because as the season changes, I start to get excited about Christmas, and not only Christmas Day, but the whole Christmas season. What, you can't wait to play your trumpet? You mean, <laughs> you're going to break so that much. trumpet out? Not that so much, okay. but I look forward to celebrating Thanksgiving. I consider that part of the Christmas season. Yeah. Uh, traveling to see my family, hearing the name of Jesus being proclaimed in songs, even in secular spaces. Um, and I even look forward to seeing excited tourists flood into our city, believe it or not. And, you know, Pastor, you may say, okay, Micah, that's not that unique. That's not very unique that you no, like I didn't Christmas. say that. Okay, okay. No, that's But good. I was just going to say that how many people do you know that have actually called around to tree farms in October to try to find out if they can get a Christmas tree early? So I did that one year, and I totally failed. But, you know, <laughs> since we're officially in October, I would say I can't wait for Christmas. Good. Well, that's exciting. I've I got to keep that in mind. <laughs> Wanda, when have you had that experience in your life? Uh, yes, recently I can say uh, I couldn't wait for finally being able to celebrate a honeymoon and going on vacation with my husband. Okay. Uh, so, yes. This, when you went to Puerto Rico? Yes, yes. Okay. So it was a celebration, obviously, yeah. of our first vacation to together as mm. husband and wife, and yeah. a, a very late honeymoon finally <laughs> uh, fulfilled. How many years had it been? I'm sorry. How, how many years ago did you guys get married? We've been married five years. Oh, wow. So okay. it was waiting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're veterans. <laughs> and I know Felicito was looking forward to that trip, too. And then she didn't know you guys were coming down, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. We surprised yeah. her. That was a big blessing. Yeah. Was, what about you, Raul? Well, you know, I, I do thank the Lord that this month will make 19 years that I've been at my job, and that was something I was waiting for, and I thank the Lord for that. But uh, even more so, uh, I don't want to beat around. You guys know my testimony, but I was speaking to my wife earlier. You know, I remember for well over 10 years, and I'm not going to be able to tell you precisely because I can't recall, mm -hmm. uh, just being lost in alcoholism. And for years and years, waking up every, for the most part, most mm -hmm. mornings, uh, just hung over, depressed, um, feeling anxious, feeling guilty. After I got married, um, feeling the guilt of, of, of dishonoring my wife and just hoping and waiting to one day just be free of that. Mm. And all the self-help and all the, the self, you know, the willpower and all the books that I read, um, I just thank the Lord mm. that through the Holy Spirit, that wait several years back now, going on multiple years, mm. um, was over. And I do Pr praise, praise God, God. For that. Yeah. And dear friends, if you are struggling and you say, I can't wait for something, and maybe it's some sin that you can't wait to get that victory over. Give us a call. We'd love to pray with you tonight about that without question at 929-333-3739. You know, I, I could give so many illustrations, but mm -hmm. the thing that is just in my mind mm -hmm. when I can't wait, you know really what it is? What? Sometimes I get I get so excited to preach Oh, Sunday morning. Yeah. I can't wait. To stand up there, and then the service starts, and then, you know, there's announcements, and there's songs, and there's, you know, testimonies. Where sometimes you don't think there's going to be a testimony, you know, and then, yeah. and, and then there's another song, and there's a suspect, and I'm like, oh, come on, I, I can't wait to start preaching. Wow. So anyway, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. But praise the Lord, the time comes. Well, dear friends, we hate to wait, but we are waiting the coming of Jesus Christ and are becoming like him. And until then, 
as we wait, there will be some groanings in this fallen world. Mm -hmm. So in verses 18 through 22, we see all of creation groans. This is the physical world itself Mm -hmm. is groaning, but also the unsaved. I think the focus here is, is on people who don't even know the Lord. There is a great groaning throughout creation. Warren Wiersbe said it well. He said, when God finished his creation, it was a good creation. Today, it is a groaning creation, and one day it will be a glorious creation. And so we see in these verses, 18 through 22, we see at least four different ways that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. So, so Raul, why don't you get us going on this, and let's just talk about all of creation groaning in verse 18, if you could start us off there. Yeah, well, we see uh, in in verse 18 uh, right there the sufferings of this present time. And so with uh, sin being introduced in the garden, you know, it took this creation that God had declared good over those six days of creation and perfect Mm -hmm. and just wreaked havoc. Mm -hmm. And from then on, I mean, we see the, the result of it today. We see that in natural calamities. I I remember being in Puerto Rico the day after Christmas in 2004 and waking up to that terrible news about a tsunami Mm -hmm. that had literally obliterated parts of the earth Mm -hmm. uh, and killed hundreds of thousands. We saw the pandemic uh, recently. And, you know, scripture is very very clear on that. Just a few uh, verses down in this chapter in uh, verse 35, Paul mentions tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, and peril. And these were all things that they were confronting then and are being confronted today because Mm -hmm. of sin. Yeah. And I love that verse as well, because even though there is suffering and there is death and, and, you know, I even thought about suicide because I know that you've confronted some friends and even coworkers have had to deal with that tragedy of suicide. And there's so many unexplained things in this life. And there is so much groaning that suffering results in, especially leading to death. But the glory that shall be revealed will be so much greater than the suffering that we endure in this life. And that's what we can look forward to as well, the coming glory of a new creation. Mm. Um, Well, I I was looking specifically at verse 22. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I was looking at uh, the verse that says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And that concept of travailing in pain, it's it's another result of creation suffering under the curse of the fall. It's specific, actually, to the reference to childbirth. And we remember that God told Eve that part of the curse that fell on her and all women was the pain in childbirth. And so here's this idea of physical pain at its most extreme and also the idea of creation wearing down over time. It's almost like an old woman giving birth. That's the picture that sort of came to my mind. Um, you know, creation is 6,000 years old almost, or, or now about 6,000 years old, and she ain't what she used to be. You know, Earth will continue <laughs> to break down slowly until You're God... Getting old, huh? Earth is getting old. <laughs> she is. Until God institutes that new heaven and new Earth. Yeah. And the prophet Isaiah, he spoke eloquently about the Earth in its current state when he described creation... As a garment, worn and moth-eaten, and he said this 2,700 years ago. I'll just read Isaiah 51.6. It says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. 
Yeah, and it's as if sin puts us in this time and space where there's limitations of time Mm -hmm. because of death. So sin brought death. And so since we're going to die, there's a limitation to this life. And then there's a breaking down of the life that we have. And so there's going to be that groaning and that suffering, even as you mentioned, all creation is under this bondage and is travailing in pain. And so, Wanda, let's back up to verse number 20, where it speaks about how all creation is subject to vanity. What what do you think about that? Uh, yes, vanity uh, is the futile feeling of not reaching a desired goal. And um, what better example, like King Solomon, who was a very yeah. privileged man, mm-hmm. and he understood about vanity, uh, Ecclesiastics uh, 1, verses 2 and 9, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And there is no new thing under the sun. Creation feels the disappointment and emptiness that sin have resulted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And we all feel that sense of emptiness at times. And maybe even looking forward mm-hmm. to Christmas, Micah, mm-hmm. and then you don't get the present that you were looking for. Or <laughs> all, somebody all is vanity <laughs> at that point. <laughs> somebody got a better present than you, you know, as yeah. you're a kid. Yeah. You know. But Life is filled with vanity, mm-hmm. with futility mm-hmm. of sometimes setting out to reach a goal and then you come short of it or things just don't work out as you plan, dear friend. And again, our phone lines are open. And if you've been groaning, maybe you've been, you have experienced the suffering that has even resulted in death in your family or your friends. Or maybe you feel just subject to vanity and senselessness of life. Or maybe you've just been travailing in pain and you feel like you're wearing down and wearing out in this world that is groaning. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And Raul, um, it also speaks about in verse 19 that all creation is waiting. And as creation is waiting, as we wait, it's like we know something is wrong because the curse of sin is upon everything. And actually, Paul uses two words in verse number 19 that are really long words in the mm. original language. Yeah. And one is this earnest expectation. It's a very interesting word. It's only used in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, where I'm going to, and I'm going to read that verse because this word, earnest expectation, it's used here in Romans chapter 1, 19, and it's used in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, where Paul says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. And it's, it's really a compound word, this earnest expectation, it's, and it's the idea of sticking out your head and watching with an outstretched head for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we have our head outstretched, mm-hmm. and we are waiting until we arrive at the fullness of the promise of us being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're groaning for. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what all creation groans for is to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And dear friend, if you're not saved, you'll never be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You have to be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. Turn from your wicked ways 
and trust in Jesus Christ. I didn't say trust in a church. I didn't say do rituals or religious works. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he is the one who died on the cross for you. He took all our sins in his body on the cross, and he took the full wrath of God that we all deserve, and he took it in himself, and he was buried with that sin, but then he broke the power of sin when he rose again. And that's why life is only through Jesus, dear friend. And so we wait. And that word also, it says the earnest expectation. We have our head outstretched and we're looking. And it says we wait. And that word means to eagerly expect something great. Mm, Yeah. I was on a plane yesterday. As you mentioned this, I'm just thinking about um, I was with I was next to a family that their flight had been canceled from the day before and they were coming to New York from Florida. And I don't know if they lived here or if they're coming here on vacation, but I ended up sitting next to a boy. He was maybe 11 years old and he kept asking his mom, mom, what time is it? Mom, what time is it? Mom, It's that old cliche. Like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? He was really looking forward to landing and being in New York, especially after they had been delayed for a whole day. And, you know, that's just a small picture of the expectation that we have, which is obviously more profound and eternal, but it it was fun to watch as he was just so excited about landing in New York. Yeah. And, you know, Wanda, you mentioned Ecclesiastes and, I I think the book of Ecclesiastes is so fascinating because it's a book written by King Solomon, of course, but it's Mm -hmm. written almost at a moment when he's not right with God. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible is so amazing that even here is an inspired book, but written from written by a man when he's just looking at life under the sun. Mm -hmm. And chapter two, especially, is so telling to me when he he just said in his heart he was going to enjoy everything. He was going to enjoy every pleasure, and he was going to he was going to accumulate every possession, and he was going to achieve all the success that life could have. And he so he so he did. He sought the pleasure. He accumulated possessions. He achieved all this earthly success, mm-hmm. and then he caught nothing. Yeah. He caught nothing but the wind. Mm-hmm. And in the end of that, he says, "I hate life." Mm-hmm. Think of that. Mm-hmm. I hated life. So that's the groaning mm-hmm. that we're yeah. talking about, that you could get everything you thought you needed to be happy mm-hmm. and still feel like you caught nothing Correct. but the wind. Yeah. So, dear friends, this is why Jesus Christ is the true substance. Mm-hmm. He's not the wind. He is life. He is real. He is satisfying. He's the water of life. He is the bread of life. And... You can love life when you love the Lord your God, because we were built to love God and not the things of this world, dear friends. So we're going to go to a song right now, and we're going to com- come back and then talk about the groaning of the Christian, the groaning of the Holy Spirit as well. And this song I know is going to encourage you because it's about how God made us for himself. So give us a call right now at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. Call us now. We were ruined in our sin. We were guilty and undone. When your love reached down with sovereign hand and beckoned us to come, you saw.
In this world where we often groan, and you know, Micah, I did think about this in our recent storm that we we just had. And whenever there's a storm, it seems wherever there's a hurricane now, yeah. people attribute it to climate change mm-hmm. or to this global warming. They used to call it that, but they subtly changed the name to climate change. Mm-hmm. But I often said I don't believe in global warming; I believe in global groaning. Mm-hmm. And they're just setting the whole system up to when. This world is under the judgments of the book of Revelation. They're just going to attribute it all to climate change yeah. and completely ignore the judgment of God mm-hmm. on the world. So somebody might ask me, do I believe that these storms that we have are a result of climate change? Mm-hmm. And I, I say absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It's just God in control of the weather. I mean, was was the climate change the the reason for the flood during the days of Noah? No, you know? no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching uh, something this week that was talking about there are redwood fossils at the North Pole. And redwoods, you know, we know them. They grow in Northern California in a very warm temperature. And so at some point in the history of the world, the North Pole was warm enough where they were able to grow these redwoods. Well, there so, was climate change. So cl- the climate has always been changing. <laughs> changing. So the yeah. question is, is it man-made? Is it not man-made? But it is, as you said, Pastor, it's going to be the perfect excuse for all the calamities that come during the 
tribulation. And what we do know is that God will keep his earth intact. His plans will be unfolded just as they are in the word of God. And no man can thwart the work and word of God, dear friends. Mm. Okay, so we see all creation groans. And then we see in verses 23 through 25, the Christian groans. And Paul is specifically speaking of Christians in these verses because he speaks in verse 23, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So he's talking about people who have the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then he says, we are saved by hope. Mm -hmm. And that we are, even this, even we, groan within ourselves. So Christians groan within themselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll ask, first of all, why is it, Micah, do you say, and does Paul say, that Christians groan? Mm -hmm. Well, just for the contrast, I believe that for non-believers, they look at this life as all there is. And while to us who do believe, that seems pretty hopeless. Somehow, non-believers, they rationalize it and most often focus on living their best life for as long as they have, whatever their version of the best life is. But for Christians, we know that this world isn't all there is, that an eternity in heaven awaits us. And we know that our future will be lived out in a perfect place with a perfect God, and we will be perfect too. First John 3, 2 says, in part, when he, meaning Jesus, shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So in one way, as we look forward to the future day, we sometimes feel like we are neither there, but not quite here. And we're in between, and the more aware we are of the empty, fallen world around us, the more that our spirits groan, dissatisfied, that we can only do so much to make things better. In addition to that, I'll just make one more point. I mentioned that in heaven, we will be perfect. But in the meantime, it's obvious to us that we're not. You know, we're still living in these bodies of flesh. We sometimes still do the things that we hate. And so our spirits also groan within ourselves because we're disappointed in our own imperfection. Yeah, it's kind of like the storm that we just had. So here we we have our basement, and I don't want to reveal too many things about my house because I might want to sell it one day. So <laughs> I don't want any of our listeners to say, I'll never buy that house. But, you know, we, we got water in our basement, and it was rising. We have a sump pump, but it, it was obvious the sump pump was not clearing the water out fast enough. Mm-hmm. And then we have our water heater, which is really right beside the sump pump. Yeah. And so the water was rising, and I knew if the water got into the water heater, it, it, water heaters cannot endure water. Mm. You know, not <laughs> only on the inside, oh, on the inside not okay. the outside. Yeah. And so we started bailing buckets of water out, plus our boiler is right beside the water heater. Mm. And that's kind of up on a plat, a little concrete platform. But we definitely, we, we bought a new a gas boiler a few years ago, we definitely didn't want the water to to rise up into our our heating system. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I, we just started filling buckets and then dumping them down into the sewer, which was in the other part. And we were like, you know, carrying these buckets. I was carrying them. Debbie was filling them and I was carrying them and then pushing them. And, And as we were doing this, the water was still rising. Mm. <laughs> and that's the groaning. Yeah. You know, you put all the work and you put the labor in to try. I, we were trying our best to keep the water from rising, but it still rose. Yeah. And our water heater still did not make it. And but thank the Lord, our our oil burner did, though. Mm. You know? oh, okay. But so that that's kind of like an example, though, of of a Christian groaning in life mm-hmm. is that we feel our limitations we experience temptations, 
and we go through so many irritations in life of not being able to bail out the water fast enough. Sometimes the problems in life come in more severely than we can handle them. And have you ever gotten overwhelmed? Raul? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I got overwhelmed taking the bus here today with, with Wanda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Wanda, how do you deal with physical limitations? And how are you dealing with trials, you know, in life that you sometimes feel overwhelmed by and you feel a groaning in your own heart? Uh, yes. In all things, I have learned uh, to resort to God's word and prayer Mm -hmm. and just trusting Mm -hmm. that God is working all things for his will. So yes. Yeah. Amen. And you know what? Next week, I can't wait for a radio program because my wife is going to be on the radio Mm. and we're going to have the whole hour to talk about Romans chapter eight, verse 28 next week. Mm. And we know that all things work together for good. So even in the groaning, that is a great promise that we can keep in mind. So when we think about groaning and why we groan, but then what are we groaning for in this life? What does Paul indicate what we're groaning for, and what will we ultimately be like? Well, for believers, of course, we groan in hope, and Paul makes that perfectly clear in verse 25, um, sorry, 24 and 25, right? But hope that is not seen, hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he hope for? But we hope for what we see not. As believers, our ultimate groan is to one day have a redeemed, resurrected body and in that sense be, uh, Mm. you know, with our Lord. You know, Pastor, you mentioned problems. We we all have them. Everybody Mm -hmm. here pays bills. We have deadlines. There, There are things that we have to do. But as believers, thank God that the Holy Spirit has made it clear to us that our greatest problem is sin. And so that is to be our ultimate deliverance. And when you hear the groaning of Paul in the preceding chapter, in chapter 7, who will deliver me from this body of death? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do praise the Lord that one day we will have resurrected bodies um, as as our Lord, and we will literally be in bodies and liberated from the the very presence of sin. Amen. You know, our resurrection body... to think we're going to have a body like Jesus's, mm. that means we'll be able to appear and reappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means we'll be able to pass through physical things. Mm-hmm. I believe we're going to be able to experience all of the glory of God's creation mm-hmm. and go throughout the whole universe exploring and discovering the whole. Can you imagine mm. the infinite universe? Our God is infinite mm-hmm. and we are explorers and discoverers by our very nature Mm -hmm. that God has given to us. So I believe that in heaven, and there's a little recology, I confess, a little (laughs) recology here, but I believe in heaven, we're going to be able to experience all the fullness of our being an image bearer of God and having the glorified body of Jesus Christ. And Paul says it this way, he will change our vile body. And it will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And we know his body, his his resurrection body passed through the grave clothes. Mm -hmm. His resurrection body instantly appeared in a room where the disciples were. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a body like unto his glorious body. 
and, and it's according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And it is going to be the most amazing thing, dear friends. We wait for this. This is what we are waiting for. And until then, I just want to share another verse because this word groaning, mm-hmm. I found it in Acts chapter 7, verse 34, where Stephen is giving the history of God's people in the Old Testament. And it's about Israel being in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And God is speaking here and he says, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and have heard their groaning and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. And so, dear friends, God hears your groaning. Mm. And he said to Moses, I will come down and deliver. And God has come down Mm -hmm. in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He has come down to deliver us from this groaning. And he will give us this glorious body one day, dear friends. Mm -hmm. And so, again, if you need Jesus, call upon him today. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a guilty sinner. And because of my sins, I am worthy of death in hell. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took hell for me on the cross. You took the suffering. You took the pain. You took the darkness. You took the forsakenness from God, the separation from God for my sin on my behalf. Mm -hmm. You became sin that I might have your righteousness, that I might have your forgiveness. So, Lord, I take your blood to cleanse me of my sins. I take the power of your resurrection to fill me right now. Come into my heart, Lord. Save me. Call upon the Lord. Ask him to save you, dear friends. And then you could have this hope of everlasting life. You could have this hope of having a glorious body like unto Jesus's glorious body. Amen. Amen. So give us a call right now at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. Maybe you just prayed that prayer, or maybe you need to pray a prayer, or maybe you're a Christian, but you've just gotten off track. Maybe you've allowed the things of this world to distract you, and the Word of God is no longer delighting your soul. You've just put the Bible down, and you're just going your own way. Dear friends, come back to the Lord tonight, and give us a call at 929 Three, nine. Yeah, Pastor, as we talk about the glorified body, I think my mind immediately goes to what we have now. And sometimes the most extreme example of that, you know, all of us in this room have known people who are really suffering in their physical bodies, like long term, like life altering suffering. And it's so amazing that even as we groan through that, even as we pray through that, it's so amazing that what we have to look forward to is that glorified body in heaven. And I think, I mean, it has definitely comforted me in times where, let's say, a friend of mine or a family member who had suffered some physical problem for a long term comes through and, you know, eventually, let's say, they do pass away. It gives me a lot of comfort to know that they are then out of pain and in their glorified body. And I just think if there are listeners out there who are going through physical pain, the long-term physical pain, just know that you have something to look forward to in your glorified bodies. But we're also happy to pray with you and pray for you in the meantime, because we believe that God is a God of healing. You know, I was with someone last week. I was with a group of people last week, and they were the sweetest people. 
Many of them were disabled. Some were blind, some were deaf, Mm -hmm. some had cerebral palsy. And some of them shared their stories with me, and none of them uh, complained. Mm -hmm. They all accepted their situation. And I was talking, there was this one couple, and they're dating, and they were both in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the man had uh, cerebral palsy. I don't know about his girlfriend, what her condition was, but she didn't have any legs, Mm -hmm. and she was in a wheelchair, and she had some deformity in her arm. And I said this to them. I said, um, where did you meet? Mm -hmm. And they said, we met at the gym. Mm -hmm. They were exercising. Mm -hmm. And I thought, here, here's this dear woman. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have legs, but she's exercising what she does have. Mm -hmm. And that was like so just really... Uh, what a testimony to me mm-hmm. and how we can complain over the most minor things. Yeah. But, you know, we need to be thankful for what we do have because there is groaning in this life. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that those dear ones I was with last week, they have their share of internal uh, and private groaning, mm-hmm. you know, and but but each of them as well. And for all of the people who are maybe going through physical uh, d- d- difficulty. Maybe somebody's blind mm-hmm. or deaf, or maybe you've lost a limb. But when you come to Jesus Christ, I have good news. <laughs> when you see him, you will be like him. You'll be able to hear and see and have uh, all of the, your working limbs, and God is going to put you back completely together. Mm. And so we have a lot to look forward to in Amen. Jesus. Amen. So we come now to the Holy Spirit groaning in verses 26 and 27. There's a little controversy here, so we don't shy away from controversy, do we, Raul? No. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Wanda, in verse 26 in the first part there, we see that the Holy Spirit is our helper in our human weakness. So how does Paul say here that the Holy Spirit helps us, in verse 26 especially? Yes. The Holy Spirit, he helps us by praying for us, interceding in prayer with groanings which cannot be uttered. So in other words, the Holy Spirit uh, helps us with our thoughts and feelings, uh, which we cannot simply express in human words. The Holy Spirit strengthens and directs our prayers because we do not know how to pray. Yeah, we certainly don't. And, you know, we talked, we had two programs really on the Holy Spirit in the first part of Romans chapter 8. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit, we have his mind, mm-hmm. we have his indwelling presence, we have the victory, we have his, the Holy Spirit leads us, and the Holy Spirit adopts us, and the Holy Spirit witnesses to us that we're the children of God. And And here he says that the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses praying for us. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so what a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, what a blessing that, I mean, I could say to to you, Brother Oh, hey, I know you're going through a situation. I'll pray for you. But you have someone even better praying for you, Jesus at the Father's right hand Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit indwelling you. You have two persons of the Trinity praying for you all the time. Hallelujah. Such an encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's a a miracle, isn't it, Micah? Mm -hmm. And so... So he and Wanda, you mentioned this matter of the groaning of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and Micah. So what what do you believe these groanings are exactly? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, as Wanda was saying, verse 26, essentially it says, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us, communicating in a way that is beyond human language and possibly beyond human understanding. And I actually had a conversation this week with an 82-year-old man who was a missionary for 30 years on the island of Papua New Guinea, which is, I had to ask him because I wasn't sure, but it's off the coast of Australia. And he told me about an experience he had in 1987 where he and his wife had a car accident and his wife was thrown out of the front windshield of the car. And the man and two other people in the car were unhurt, but his wife was instantly killed. Mm -hmm. And he got out of his car, and as he stood over his wife's lifeless body, thinking about their four children, he said, I couldn't even pray. He said that to me. He said, I couldn't even pray. And as he told me this, as an, and I was meditating on this passage this week, I thought, this is exactly when the Holy Spirit groaned for him. You know, the word infirmities, it refers to any kind of weakness, you know, our frailty, our weakness. And so it could be any number of issues. And it could be people like this man who experienced sudden loss of a loved one or people who've been sick for months and months or persecuted Christians who have been imprisoned for years. And for these, there may be times when there are just no more words to express the pain and sorrow of their situation. And for sure, we can be confident that that is when the Holy Spirit steps in. Yeah, groaning's too deep for words, and sometimes it is very difficult to express our own thoughts or even to know what to pray for. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit making intercession for us with these unutterable groanings. Now, we're going to go to another question, and I'm going to ask you this, Brother Raul, but, but we're going to go to one more song. Okay. And the question, Raul, is, is the groaning of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues? So so let's think about that question. And, dear friends, we're going to go to a song. You can call us if you need prayer. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Or what do you think these groanings are? Are these groanings of the Holy Spirit talking about speaking in tongues. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this song. And it's a beautiful song that the Lord will never forsake us. The Holy Spirit is in us to pray for us with groanings. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Doubting, oh fearful, remember his care. The helpless and hopeless need never despair. For from your afflictions his glory shall spring. The deeper your sorrow, the louder you'll sing. Remember your father, his promise is love. Come and love. Remember. 
Remember your Savior, his grief and his pain, the lonely affliction, unmerited shame. Though you had betrayed him, he died in your place. The joy set before him, he offers by grace. forsake you this pain will not break you for I will remake you for unending joy my promise is faithful though now it is painful no power can trample my covenant love is love. He loves you, dear friends, and if you're saved, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And he even groans when you go through things that you cannot put into words. And Wanda, we were just talking during that song that you wanted to share an experience yourself. Yes. Um, when Micah shared the story about speaking with the gentleman, it um, reminded me how I felt um, when my mom passed away. I was wanting to pray the whole time Mm. but I was in such deep grief that Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to but it's so Mm -hmm. comforting even now uh, to know that at that time is when the Holy Spirit steps in and takes over so when I couldn't do it I was you know in my frail state the Holy Spirit was there yeah absolutely praise God because he does know what we need even before we ask Mm. so he knows what we're going through and he will intercede for us in those times Wanda God bless you so, Raul, a lot of people do say that these groanings of the Holy Spirit speak of tongue speaking. And I know you come from a charismatic background, so I thought this would be an appropriate question for you. So what is your position on these groanings of the Holy Spirit? Is this talking about speaking in tongues? Uh, no, it's not. And that used to be my position many years ago. Um, speaking in tongues is, is there, there are three examples of it in Scripture. Um, it's never a groaning. It's an actual language, an earthly language. Um, it's, it was never used as any sort of private prayer or a prayer language. Um, it was clearly used to communicate the gospel mm-hmm. um, in another uh, language. And, you know, we just see uh, folks right right here preceding in, um, in verse 15. And we went over this last week in the program. Uh, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage against a fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We see there even the cry is in a common language. And my advice to anyone who came from my charismatic Pentecostal background, folks, 
try not to uh, seek these experiential things. Um, The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. The Bible says that where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. So, folks, turn to the Holy Spirit for the true indwelling to be liberated um, from the sins that bond us and to give us strength to confront uh, those sins. You don't have to speak in tongues to do that. Yeah, and again, we're not saying that those who speak in tongues don't love the Lord. You know your heart, and so we're not criticizing your walk with the Lord, but we are criticizing a particular practice, or at least I don't agree with this modern-day tongue-speaking in a non-syllabic language where you're not speaking an, a known language that you know and understand what you're saying. And th- the problem to me is as well that when we pray, we need, like Paul said, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I will pray with the Spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. So we need to pray with the understanding. If we're just praying in non-syllabic words, mm-hmm. we're not praying with any kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. And... The thing with tongue speaking is many times people read tongues into the text. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul's not even talking about speaking in tongues, and yet people read that into the text, Mm -hmm. as they do also in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And people say, well, praying in the Spirit is is, is praying in tongues, but it doesn't say that at all. Mm -hmm. It's completely reading that into the text. So I would just kind of warn our dear friends about that and say we don't have to pray in tongues to be praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to groan within us, and it's not uttered, so it's not Mm -hmm. tongue speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've maybe spoken on this program before about this, but I went down a long road of research on this because I have really good friends who would disagree with what we just said, and you know they would say that the groanings which cannot be uttered absolutely are tongues. So I would just say that if one looks at the plain meaning of the text in Scripture, every time that tongues are mentioned, they would come to the conclusion that Number one, tongues actually are uttered. You know, it's a spoken language. If people can hear it, it's uttered. It, it's uttered, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so that can't be what Paul is talking about in this verse. And then two, when tongues are mentioned, they are not used for prayer. You know, that word tongues specifically, they are spoken to preach the gospel to an audience or to prophesy. You know, the, the ancient version of speaking in tongues during the first century church, church, it was to preach and to prophesy. So I double checked and I could find no verse that had the word tongues and praying in tongues. So. Yeah, well, it, well, 1 Corinthians 14 does talk about praying, but if those prayers were uh, 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 prayed in tongues, it was in the public service of the church mm. so that it could be interpreted, okay. so that there could be understanding. Mm. But as far as private praying, I don't see any example of that, because if you're praying privately in, in tongues... And if it's if you're not interpreting it, then you're not you don't have any understanding of what you're actually praying. And then if you are interpreting it, why pray in tongues? <laughs> you could just pray in your language. Well, Wanda, real quick, how does else does the Holy Spirit help us in prayer? You have the last word here. Spirit teaches us to pray for those things that are consistent with and according to God's will. Mm-hmm. So not just what benefits us, but the right way to pray for. Uh, for the way God wants us Mm -hmm. to pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit 
helps us to pray according to the will of God. Micah, thank you. Do you have a last word tonight? You know, I've prayed in the Spirit. I can tell you that. I've prayed, and I feel the Holy Spirit's power come upon me, and He gives me words that I don't even have. And so that is what this is talking about, groanings that cannot be uttered. He's praying for us. He's giving us the power to pray ourselves, and we praise God for that. And so, dear friends, we're in a groaning world. We're groaning to be like Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is going to bring us to Jesus. We'll be like him one day. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.